What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? We've arrived at the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, and our man L-Dub is looking good. He has 14 of the 16 teams in his bracket, and he's about to tell us which teams he believes will advance to the Elite Eight. So hang with us. We're coming right back with NCAA Basketball and L-Dub on Sports 360. Well, we have reached the Sweet 16 of the 2019 NCAA Men's Tournament, and we have on the phone with us our man L-Dub to come and talk about the games that were and the games that are on tap beginning on Thursday. L-Dub, how are you doing today? I'm great today, Jeff, and yourself? I'm doing great too, man. Um, you know, we've gotten through halfway of the tournament, right? We've gotten through two rounds. Um, and we're now at the round of Sweet 16. And, you know, I still have your bracket in front of me. And your bracket's looking pretty good, man. You got 14 of the 16 teams that are that are still alive in the tournament. How you feel about that? I'm good with it, man. And the ones that didn't, I mean, I'm not disappointed. They played hard and they, they gave a valiant effort. But, uh, hey, that's why it's called a game must be played, man, because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's right. You never know what's going to happen. But, you know, I was I saw something the other day, L-Dub, where they said this was one of the few times where all of the top three seeds have made it to the Sweet 16. I mean, it's happened before, but it hasn't happened in a while. So, you know, those teams at the top of each of the regions have been successful. And so we're seeing, you know, the top three seeds in each region making it to the Sweet 16. So we got some powerhouse teams uh, that are going to be playing, um, you know, in this next round. And so we want to run through them and and get your picks for each of the games that are on tap. And why don't we start in the East? Um, and we'll just start with Duke and Virginia Tech, and then we'll go on from there, okay? All right. Sounds like a plan to me, man. All right. So what do you think about Duke and Virginia Tech? Man, Duke uh, actually got through a scare right there. I really think UCF outplayed them. However, you know, like I said, whenever you got Zion William on your team, good things seem to always happen. Now they're going up against Virginia Tech, who uh, had a, they didn't have an easy game, but it wasn't as tough as, as the Duke game. And I really think Virginia Tech's going to come in a little less antsier and a little uh, more prepared than Duke because I don't know how you can prepare Duke any better than, than I guess Coach K does prepare them for a game like a, a UCF when he knew he was playing one of his uh, – the coach was one of his former players. And what former player wouldn't want to beat their own coach, you know, at the game? So – uh, again, I can't see Duke being more prepared, but if they play the way they play against UCF, Virginia Tech's going to take care of them. And let me ask you a question about Duke. Do you think there's an over-reliance on Zion Williamson? It's too much. I mean, you, you take this kid off the floor and it's improved in the games that they played. It, it's not like it's 
I'm making this analogy on my own. I, I saw the games that he missed, and they they really don't know who they're going to go with in those situations. But when he's on the floor, it's, it's easy, you know, it's easy for any coach to determine, hey, just get a ball designed, get out of his way, and let him do what he do. Uh, and it usually works out that way. But he's going to be playing against, you know, Virginia Tech, who has a center in that called Blackshear. This, this kid is is pretty good at, you know, defending the ball, defending the basket, and you know, playing on the ball. So we'll see. We'll see if he can uh, escape the claws of the Virginia Tech Hokies. So who do you have in that game? I got Virginia Tech. I, I'm telling you, I, I think Virginia Tech will upset them. Okay, so you got Virginia Tech over Duke. Um, and that's your first pick. And so let's move on in the East, LSU and Michigan State. And again, I got LSU because the inside play of LSU is, 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 been, is so consistent, it's been consistent. And the guard play is great. You know, they got guards that can penetrate, shoot, make basket, make big plays. And I think they, they have a defensive uh, matchup that fits uh, for their schemes against a team like a Michigan State. Michigan State relies a lot on their point guard. Uh, and when he's uh, when he's flowing, he's flowing. But because LSU has such big guards that can play defense and big guys that can protect the goal, it's going to be hard for Winston to, to actually penetrate all the way to the basket and score the way he's been doing. Okay, and so in that one you have LSU. And I do have LSU. Okay, all right. All right, so let's move down to the West. And first game up there is Gonzaga and Florida State. Coach Hamilton has Florida State playing real well. The, the length, what they did to to, to John Morant was, was almost, you know, perfect. I mean, they took the ball out of his hand. When he got to the goal, he had to go against seven-footers. It was hard for him. And, again, uh, they have scorers. So I'm picking Florida State to do the same thing against Gonzaga. Gonzaga got a lot of athletes, but they really don't have the, the size that Florida State has. And Florida State has athletes and size, and they definitely have scorers. They got a guy that comes off the bench. Their leading scorer does come off the bench. Uh, and he's, you know, he's averaging like 19 points a game. And that's <laughs> – that's coming off the bench. So they they have a bench, they have firepower, and they definitely have the defense. So I'm picking Florida State. Okay. Now, in those those first three games, Duke, Virginia Tech, LSU, Michigan State, and Gonzaga, Florida State, you had those exactly, right? Both teams making it to the Sweet 16 in each one of those matchups. Our next one, Texas Tech and Michigan, you actually had Texas Texas Tech and Nevada. But cool. let's let's look at Texas Tech and Michigan. How do you see that game? Again, I, I, I figured whoever won out of Michigan and uh out of the Michigan or or Nevada games, whichever game they played, would be able to beat Texas Tech. And I still feel the same way. I, I feel Texas Tech had probably the easiest easiest ride to the Sweet 16, and either one of those teams would. So by taking uh, Nevada, now that Michigan State, that Michigan has beat them, I still believe Michigan can beat Texas Tech. So I, right. I, I'll have to go with 
I have no choice. I will go with Michigan. Okay, so we have Michigan over Texas Tech. All right, so now we're going to move over to the Midwest, and we're going to start with uh, Houston and Kentucky. And Kentucky got past your upset special in Wofford. So um, talk first about um, – why don't you talk first a little bit about the Wofford-Kentucky game? What did, what did you see there? And then give us your pick for Houston and Kentucky. Okay. First out, a shout, shout out goes out to Wofford for even – you know, getting that far because no one picked them to probably beat Seton Hall. Everybody probably thought they wouldn't beat Seton Hall. And then to definitely give the, give Kentucky a run for their money, I mean, I, including yourself, I think you guys were all amazed. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 in that, and in that game there, had the leading scorer, had he, had he just hit, let's just say he hit, if Fletcher McGee had hit two three-pointers, Nothing else changes in the game. He just hits two three pointers. They they win the game. I mean, and, and anyone to say that that day, uh, Wofford didn't follow the game plan and didn't have a plan to beat Kentucky, they they would wouldn't be talking basketball. They would be talking something else. Uh, because those guys came on the court. They they did what they do. And I told you before the game, they shoot the ball. Uh, and everybody played well. They, they you know. I think they got a couple calls that didn't go their way simply because they were Wofford and the other team was was named Kentucky. Uh, and I'm not making any excuses. I'm just saying as a basketball uh, fan, coach, you know, just someone who's watching the game, I think a lot of the calls that should have went their way didn't. And they still fought through it. No, no complaint or anything. They just fought through it. So, again, shout out to Wofford. And hopefully next year, you know, they'll be back. Uh, as far as Kentucky, I mean, they did what they had to do to win the game. You know, they made shots down the stretch. They came back because they were they were they were actually trailing with about two minutes to go, and then they did whatever they needed to do to win the game. So, hey, hats off to Kentucky. But now they're matching up with a team that I told you about from the beginning of the season. I think playing best basketball of any team in college basketball. Uh, the only team that I would even come close to say, you know, we'll talk about them a little later. But this team right here, the Houston Cougars, are playing well. And they're a team no one wants to see right now. And they pose the same problem Wolford posed to Kentucky. They have a lot of three-point shooters. And if they make the three-pointers and they keep hustling and get the loose balls and they, they have offense rebounds like they've been having in the game, they will beat Kentucky. And I'm quite sure Coach Sampson has already told them those are the things they're going to have to do to win the game. So I'm taking Houston over Kentucky in that one. Okay. And Houston, I mean, they have, a, they have that experienced backcourt too, man, which I think really matters, and especially against a young team like Kentucky. We should see how that plays out. All right, so you have Houston over Kentucky in that game in the Midwest. Um, the second game in the Midwest, North Carolina and Auburn. How do you see that one? Auburn's not even supposed to be here, to tell you the truth. Auburn was supposed to lose to Kansas, but however, they're here. Well, actually, they were supposed to lose to uh, New Mexico State, <laughs> but they're here. You know, but prayers can only be answered so many times in a row, man. You can't depend on prayers every day. You're going to have to go out and do something on your own. 
Uh, North Carolina is their team. I'm telling you, the only other team I think that's they're just as well coached and well of a team as Houston is, but they have a little bit more athleticism and size in their favor. And these guys played a perfect game the other day. Almost, it was almost perfect when they beat Washington. And I feel they'll have an easy, an easy win over. I can see a double-digit win easily over Auburn for them. Okay. Now you actually did pick Auburn, um, you know, to beat New Mexico State. I, I, I did. I, and also to beat if Kansas. They played, if they played up to their potential, they played leading, you know, up to the South, uh, Southeast Conference tournament. But they didn't. They didn't come out playing that way. And I tell you, I made my bracket as soon as I as soon as the board came out. I had the bracket. So I'm you only thinking that they're going to continue playing that away. But and I did pick them because if they play up to their potential, they could beat all those teams. But even when I did pick them, and I got to North Carolina, it stopped right there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, stopped somewhere, and that's where it stops. I mean, gotcha. <laughs> Right. Okay. So you got North Carolina over Auburn. And then we move to the South and we're going to start with Purdue and Tennessee. Uh, Purdue, you know, my heart goes with Purdue because my kid Carson Edwards plays for him. But we're talking about giving the honest opinion. The honest opinion right now is Tennessee went through their scare when they played Iowa uh, Saturday. And that was their scare. But uh, now I think they're focused, they understand. And with Schofield and Williams, I think it's just a little too much for Purdue. Uh, Schofield's strong, and he'll be going up against the the seven-footer that Purdue has. I don't think he has the strength or the speed to stick with uh, Williams when he gets him on the low post and he does move toward the basket or baseline. He's too quick. And he's he's going to score the basket easily or he's going to follow the kid out. Uh, either way, it, it, you know, he's going to be on the bench a long time with three, you know, anywhere from two, two early fouls or three early fouls, and he's going to have to sit the bench, and Williams is going to have his way. So I picked Tennessee over Purdue. Okay, so you have Tennessee there, and then our last game in the South is UVA and Oregon. Who do you like hey. in that one? I like UVA simply because they've been through their scares now, so now they can kind of relax. And I'm not saying relax as like we don't have to get out there and play. They can relax from the scare because the last few years they've exited first round and second round. So now they've passed that, they can kind of breathe a sigh of relief and they can actually get back to playing basketball because they they, they had two of the lowest uh, point total performances that they've had all season long the last two games against Oklahoma and against uh, Gardner-Webb. I mean, it it just wasn't Virginia basketball. For some reason, they were stagnating. They was playing to the other team's rhythm. But now I think they're probably going to be on their rhythm. Not taking anything from Oregon, but one of their best big guys, you know, Bowl is not playing. And without that shot blocker down there, just, you know, being able to shot block and score. Uh, that's that's a big part of their offense and a big part of their defense that's on the bench and won't play. So I give the edge to Virginia. 
Okay, so and that's and that's the entire bracket as of right now. So to run through them again, you have Virginia Tech over Duke, LSU over Michigan State, uh, Florida State over Gonzaga, Michigan over Texas Tech, Houston over Kentucky, North Carolina to take out Auburn, and Tennessee and Virginia to prevail against Purdue and Oregon, respectively. So that's how you're calling it. And uh, and for those who might have missed it, you came into the Sweet 16 with 14 of the 16 teams uh, in your bracket. Um, and you had, you know, six of the eight matchups right on point. So um, doing pretty good, L-Dub, doing pretty good. Uh, I, I, I thank you for that. But, uh, you know, the players are doing all the work, man. I'm just sitting here making the opinion, man. yeah but you know what i I tell you this right now there are a whole lot of people who are getting paid big dollars on television and radio who are who are giving their opinion to and their brackets are busted and you know here you are man we just kicking it on on this podcast but your bracket is strong so so kudos to you as well for uh you know, the way you're looking at these games and analyzing these games because your bracket is strong. Well, I've been around this game for about 35 years, man, as a player, coach, or or mentor, or some way, you know, a trainer, some way. If I I don't have a clue of some of this stuff, I think I've wasted my life away if if I didn't know it. So just by watching it, man, you know, and I I love basketball, and I I love to see the way these these young kids are – innovate new ideas to the game. I've never been and never will I be a fan of teams that only shoot threes. But if you have shooters that can shoot threes and they make threes, hey, man, uh, that's a hard combination to beat. And I I know it personally as well as, you know, watching it on TV. But a whole lot of twos beats a few threes any day of the week. So I think once these kids – start to know when and where to shoot three-pointers there it's a lot of teams that's going to be in this tournament that that have never made this tournament and believe me it's not much of a difference between a mid-major d1 and a and a top level d1 it's really not a lot of different i think the, the the challenge comes with you know the coaching you know you get the coaches that are able to allow the kids to do what they do and consistently, you know, set the offense and the defense to where it works for the kids, you know, for the betterment of the kids, should I say. And those are the teams that seem to always be there. You take the Michigan State, the Dukes, the Virginias, the North Carolinas. Hey, the system is in place. They, they go out and get the kids to fit in their system, and they all play that system, and it works for them. So when you get more coaches that, that can do that because at college level you can go out and select the kids you want, but you got to have the right system for those kids. So that's all I I have today, Jeff. And I, all right. I well, appreciate everything, man. And I'm looking forward to Thursday and Friday, man, to watch these games. Yeah. So am I, so am I. And, you know, we'll reconnect after, um, after the Friday games and we'll take a look ahead at the elite eight but uh l-dub thanks again man for coming on and breaking down the sweet 16 for us we look forward to the games and we look forward to catching up with you 
uh, sometime early Saturday morning, and we'll look at the Elite Eight. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'll be waiting. Okay. Talk to you soon, L-Dub. All right. Bye-bye.